another special edition of the Sim Racing Perspectives podcast. I'm here today with Robert Wiesenmuller from Race Room. Hello, Robert. Hello. And Robert is going to explain to us and tell us more about Race Room and Race Room Esports. So, Robert, to begin, can you explain what exactly Race Room is? Yeah, so Race Room actually is a lot of things. And I think most of you probably know the game, Race Room Racing Experience. Yes. And I think this is one of the one of the main things that we do. We have the game, of course, but uh, here, uh, especially in Germany, Race Room is also a lot more because we okay. uh, we do a lot of customer events. So if you want to book some racing simulators for your, I don't know, for your showroom, for your garage, or also for your event when you want to do something with your colleagues or so, okay. uh, you can do that. We've got some permanent locations. It's kind of like a, you can imagine like a bowling center, but you go sim racing. Okay, really? And uh, yeah, we have that. We have it at, at the Nürburgring, for example, and also a couple ones now in Benelux, and uh, I think in Sweden as well. And uh, recently in, in Malaysia too. So we went to, um, went to Asia and expanded there a little bit. So we do that. Uh, then we produce the hardware, the game seeds, and uh, we do also now eSport events. And yes. that's kind of my topic. I saw a video recently and the video featured, if I remember correctly, a Malaysian lady who was a racing driver on the official race room channel. Was it so? Yeah, um, in Malaysia, we opened a new uh, office in yeah. last year. And, yeah. um, at, you know, on the one hand, they are producing some of the uh, content for our games. So they're making like 3D models for the cars and so on. And on the other hand, they are also trying to push the topic sim racing in Asia because in, in Asia, sim racing or motorsports in general isn't quite on, on the same, you know, on the same level of popularity as it is here in Europe. Yes. And we are, you know, we are one of the first to really go there and trying to, trying to get some things going. Okay. We had some nice events in, in uh, Kuala Lumpur at the Formula One race uh, yeah. with the uh, Valtteri Bottas, for example. Yeah. participating in one of our competitions and yeah it's a it's an interesting project but it's yeah. all kind of still at the at the beginning i would say okay and in terms of the equipment you provide is it like a bespoke service so you could arrive and install sim hardware for a weekend can people also buy a solution like and have it permanently in place or, or can you also rent is, is it basically so that kind of anything's possible depending on what the customer wants yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, anything is possible. Well, most of the most of our customers, they just buy a game seat, right? They have their own PC, they have their own yes. wheel, and they just buy a seat. Okay. And I would say that is the majority. And another big part is that we, like there's an event, like a summer festival or so from a company or uh, at the car dealership. Yeah. And they call us and they say, okay, we want to do an event. So stuff like this happens a lot of uh, a lot of the time. And then they just rent the simulators for like two days and we come there, we build them, we come with staff and, you know, we just provide the service. Okay. And so that's, that's kind of the, the most common way. And of course, like, I mean, if you're interested in doing that, you can, you can always book us because it's, you know, it's quite nice because we can do some, some extra things like put your livery in the game and so on. Okay. And, uh, yeah, but uh, so this is a normal case. But then, of course, we have these big esports events, and that's kind of the the special case. Yes, with the um, the Road to Green Hell event I covered earlier with, with Peter from Denmark, 
from the branding point of view, there's the KW logo, there's the Raysom lo logo, and then the, the Sector 3. So can you, I'm familiar with, with it to a degree, but can you explain the relationship between KW? It's KW, is it is it so that they manufacture suspension parts or is it auto parts? What is it? exactly kw make yeah well kw is uh, you, you're right they're doing suspension parts yeah um the aftermarket sales so it's not the ones that you get when you buy your car in the car dealership but it's the ones that you get if you want to you know have a nice suspension yes right yes and uh, the guy who founded kw klaus wolfart he is also the guy behind all race room operations yes. so he's the guy who, who um he had the. Uh, he was a racing driver yes. before he started KW. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, but more on a on a club level, I would say. But uh, here in the German local racing scene, he was driving, and the whole idea of KW came from from motorsports. And we do a lot in KW. There's a lot of uh, connections with real motorsports. Uh, a lot of teams come there and uh, tune their cars at the KW factory, and lots of the teams are using KW in their uh, when they race. And uh, so his vision was to make the, you know, make the emotions of motorsports accessible for anyone. Yes. And that's why he went into sim racing because ah. sim racing really is a, uh, you know, it's the whole world where you can get very close to motorsports at a kind of low cost. Yes. And uh, to explain the relation between KW and uh, race room in sector three, mm -hmm. basically KW is behind everything, and you know, he's the. Uh, you know, he's the, the boss of Race Room and he's also overseeing the operations at Sector 3 Studios. And Race Room itself, you know, the, the part of Race Room that does the events and competitions and um, also the, the, the seats and so on, they are located in the, in the same building as the KW suspensions. So it's very closely together. And then we have Sector 3 Studios, which is, of course, a Swedish development studio. Yeah. And uh, they also belong to the operation, but they are... Uh, you know, they're in a different country. They're, you know, kind of operating separately. Um, but uh, I would say it's all relatively close. And it's an interesting constellation because usually in gaming, you have more that uh, they are the big gaming publishers and they have a lot of titles like Ego Shooters, MOBAs, whatever. Yes. And then they also have a racing game. And uh, here it's a bit different because we are kind of like from the world of motorsports and then we also have a racing game. And in terms of the, back to the original point, if you have your um, simulation setups in Malaysia and different cases, is it, also, is it always the race room software that you're running on these systems? Yeah. Um, I mean, if there's a customer from Motorsports that wants to have a simulator from us and they, you know, that this track or car isn't available, I mean, then, of course, we can make an exception. But in general, of course, we... Uh, we also want to push our own software when we do the events and, and yes. vice versa. Yes. So we use a separate event software, uh, which has a few extra features. For example, you do not need Steam. You do not need internet to run it, which is quite nice because these things, you know, when you have random people driving, they might not have a Steam account. Yes. And they might also not have enough time to enter all this information. And maybe there's no internet. So at the events, we're using a different version of RaceRoom called the Evo software. But in general, like in terms of the content, in terms of the driving, it's pretty much the same. So I guess you could say it's like a, as they say in the business, it's like a B2B and B2C model. Is that a fair? Yeah, in a way. I mean, we also have some, some extra features, of course, 
specially tailored for events. Yes. For example, um, in the leader, we, we use a lot of the leaderboard in the events too. Mm -hmm. And there's like a way you can log in with the touchscreen, for example. And then you just type in your name and, and you're in, right? It automatically assigns a simulator for you and all this the stuff is done. You know, that that doesn't it doesn't have to be a person who stands there all the time who tells you, okay, you have to do this yeah. and you have to do that, but okay. it's kind of self-explanatory. Yes, to, to make it as automated as possible. And if I might ask, um, are there elements in the game that we play, are there any features in our content in the consumer version of Race Room that have come from the, the version that you guys use in your simulators that you're, you're renting and so on? Well, I think the whole idea of the leaderboard and the way it works now kind of came from the event version okay. and the way leaderboards work there. Yeah. So this is a while ago. This was before I started working at Raceroom. But this idea of making these leaderboards, it was mainly an idea for events. Mm -hmm. And then we just expanded it and we created the system uh, online. So there's always, a, you always get uh, some good ideas at the events, but it's also a different group of uh, of players for example race room has a different different difficulty levels as well yes right yes and when you play online almost everyone plays on get real yes they do so you might wonder why what's the point but if you go to an event especially a customer event it, that's not the case most of the people do not use get real because they just have like five minutes where they can drive yes. and then they, they prefer the easy mode yes. or when you have kids driving yeah. for example okay yeah and that, that kind of explains uh, you know some of the some of the features so robert um an additional question before we continue. When did Klaus actually set up Race Room? I'm actually not sure. I think it must have been like 2010. Because oh, really? it was back in, the, back in the day before Race Room Racing Experience was a thing. And back then uh, they were using a variation of uh, GTI Evolution. Yes. And that was when Race Room was originated. And that was when the first locations opened. So way before we had the current uh, Race Room software. Okay, so nearly 10 years ago already. Yeah. Yeah. So back to a topic from earlier. Why is Race Room at the Nürburgring? What exactly do you have there? And now I know you've mentioned this earlier, but are there any other similar locations and where are they exactly? Yeah, so the, the connection between Race Room and the Nürburgring is quite an interesting one because mm -hmm. we have a permanent racing center or race room. That's kind of where the name comes from as well. Yeah. At the Nürburgring. And that's our, our flagship race room. Yes. And um, it's located at the Ring Boulevard. So that, that's this big area when, you, when you're behind the, the, the start-finish straight and yes. where the Ring Arena is, the Ring Boulevard with the, the big screen. And it, it's like a permanent store, which is in there. And we have this for quite a while. And uh, yeah, there's a good connection between the Nürburgring and the race room. And so we've kind of thought, okay, maybe we can, we can build on this and maybe we can, we can set up something special as well because the store is always open and people play there. It's nice, but we kind of wanted to, to push it a little bit and do a bigger event at the Nürburgring. Okay. And um, it's something that KW and the Nürburgring have been planning for a long time, but it never really materialized because if you want to do such an event, there, there have to be a lot of factors that, um, that come together. Yes. Um, the cost is one of the big factors, of course, but also, mm -hmm. you know, getting all the, getting green light from all the parties that are involved to actually run an event, getting everything organized in time, having the correct team to run such an event. And for, for a while, that wasn't really the case. And 
yeah, finally in the, in this year we we did the event. And the event from the weekend of May the eleventh was that one of the first major events you've had? Yeah, so we also ran a different championship with Mercedes. It's called the Mercedes AMG E Racing Competition. Yes, and uh, that is also a championship where people drive online first on the leaderboard then yeah. in the live streamed multiplayer races yes and then we had the final event and we already had this for two years was this at the was that yeah. this at the hockenheim ring yes exactly ah okay yes so we have a bit of experience with this and mm. we also ran smaller events like there was something with the gt masters a while ago uh, yes. we had a cup at the sim racing expo for example last year uh, we also were at, at the sim racing expo when the sim racing expo started off yes and um so we have a bit of history when it comes to these events but the difference here was really that this event was the first time that we organized it from start to finish yes so a lot of the times you are booked as a part of an event okay and then you go to the dtm and it's kind of the, the event of mercedes because we go into their hospitality we go into their it's mercedes branded so to speak yes. yeah it's mercedes branded but they also provide quite a few features for the event. They provide a camera team, for example, and they provide the uh, kind of a script for the evening and so on. And it's it's a bit different. And also it's much less simulators than we had at the, at the Nürburgring. So yeah, we did events before, but we never did something on this scale. So the event at the Hockenheim Ring, if you were doing that on behalf of Mercedes, is that so that you go to their hospitality suite and you, you set up the simulators and then you take them away? So there's nothing permanent there. Is that is that so? Yes. So at the DTM, we, we're not really working with the DTM anymore. We're working with Mercedes. Oh, yes. That's, of course. That I remember. Yes. Yes. That's and, true. Um, and they, they have simulators from us that they bring to every race yes. in the paddock or at least to the German races. But um, that's kind of something different, you know. They just okay. bring them there, they put them up in the for the for the fans that have paddock passes, and then when it comes to the final event, it's something where we put all of our simulators and all of our other equipment in the uh, <laughs> in the truck. We drive there, we uh, we build it up, and uh, then we run the event. Of course, we are not only putting the simulators up. I'm also commentating at the Mercedes events, for example. Okay. And we do we do have the sporting organization of the event that also falls into our hands. And with the streams as well, like when we stream for, you know, these races online, that's also something that we completely produce on our own without Mercedes or without external production companies or so. But for these events, we're always col uh, collaborating with the production company. So, you know, and it's not only just putting the simulators there and then everything works. That would be nice, but yeah. it's a bit more effort than that. But yeah, in general, it's a Mercedes event. But well, my question was basically, it, it, it's set up bespoke for the event, and then you you like yeah. you take simulators away and then reinstall them. And isn't it so that the DTM Championship is it so? Isn't it so that it starts and ends at the Hockenheim Ring? Isn't it so? Yeah, it does. If the DTM Championship organization they they have their own gear, are they running your software? I suppose they are. So the way it is right now is that uh, the DTM itself, so the, 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 the league, the championship, they, we do not have the current DTM license anymore. And they, they, currently, they currently do not collaborate with any game, actually. So they, there just is no DTM game. But in the paddock, there's a lot of, uh, lot of places that use simulators. For example, at Hankook, you know, the guys who produce the tires, at uh, Digba, 
uh, of course, at Mercedes too. And uh, most of them use, well, these three, they use the Razor software. So we are still very tied to, you know, sponsors and partners of the DTM, yes. teams that are entered in the DTM. For example, we do some stuff with Marco Wittmann as well, who drives for BMW. So um, we're still closely tied with, uh, you know, some actors that are involved in the DTM, but we're not doing something with DTM directly. So there's no, we used to have a DTM virtual championship, yes. which was just online championship. There was no yes. events and that one's not running anymore. So that one got replaced by the Mercedes AMG e-racing competition and ah, yes. they use DT we use DTM cars but yeah. yeah it's not really DTM yes okay I understand and I, I actually own the um the DTM 1516 and 17 content and I'm aware from Georg that the relationship had ended that's that that's clear okay that's 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 interesting we've touched on this already but two questions at the same time is it so that I've heard references to the race room cafe at the Nürburgring is it you can just walk in, get a coffee, and sit down and have a go in the simulator? Is that the concept, or yes? Ah, okay. So that's the that's the permanent location that I talked about. That is the racing cafe, and yeah, you you can drink a coffee. It's it's kind of split. So like when when you go in on the left side, you have the counter, and you can get a donut or a coffee, and then you you can see already on the right side the simulators. And I think in total we have twenty eight simulators now in the location. So we've got uh, 20 regular ones, then six with the triple screen and two motion simulators. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And yeah, you can just go in and there are also places like regular tables and so on. So you can just go in there and sit and, and drink a coffee, uh, even if you're not interested in sim racing. But uh, especially when there's a real race on the on the Nürburgring, most of the people go in and they, they want to play multiplayer. They want to race against their friends and we can just set it up Okay, on, on like a land level kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. And then what exactly is the, it's the it's branded the Ring Arena at the Nürburgring. And what's the, I know we've touched on this already, but what was the story behind the creation? Now, I know that the, it's Fanatec hardware in the Ring Arena, isn't it so? Well, the Ring Arena itself, yeah. it's yeah. just, a, it's like a ice hockey arena, you know? It's just a big arena and they just have it at the Nürburgring. To be honest, I don't know why. Sometimes they do like a boxing event and sometimes they do uh, ice hockey or a, a concert or so. And this is something that the Nürburgring just have. And basically, we do not have anything to do with it. So it's just permanent uh, really? arena. Okay, oh, that's clar that clarifies it. So, so the, the, the footage from, for example, the, there was the weekend of May the 11th. Jimmy was there and Jimmy had video of the arena and there was yeah. all the, this so, so so is that gear is that set up like for an event on a temporary basis and then taken away yes you have to imagine that this arena was completely empty right ah, okay there was nothing there was no stage there was no lights yeah. there was no simulators nothing and a few days like before the, of course we planned this yeah. but like week before the event we put all of our stuff basically everything that we have we brought it there and uh course we coordinated before that uh, you know we can get a stage we can get the lights and so on we can get the big canvas and the beamer and it was a lot of coordination and then we went there and uh, we built up all the stuff from, okay. from scratch and so everything that you see on the pictures and you know with the with the race car and the red lights and and the stage all of this stuff is temporary oh wow and that's a lot of work that, hmm. yes and uh, 24 hours afterwards 24 hours after the checkered flag everything was gone, you know? Okay, yeah. So now there's nothing really that uh, 
you know, it's, it's just an event. It's just an event. So, and which, which as, as you said, you have kind of only really started to do on yourselves this year, where, where do you, you haven't been like, let's say, in cooperation with Mercedes or Mercedes AMG or Hancock. Now, it's, this, is, this is, you've now started to do your own dedicated events, for example, at the Ring Arena at the Nürburgring. Yeah, so this was the first. I mean, of course, we also we had a lot of help from the Nürburgring when it came to the coordination, and also a bit from the WTCR, yes, because we had them involved in the event as well. But uh, yeah, this was the first time that we kind of. It's also something that I guess we kind of wanted to prove, you know, that we can just go there. We're a small company, but we can go there. We can make a really nice event. That was also the aim, and of of course, also to just establish it, you know, yes. as a as a regular thing maybe for the future. So you have the you have the cafe at the Nürburgring, which which you said a total of, of twenty-eight setups, including standard triple screen and motion. And then I guess you have a you, you have a location in Kuala Lumpur, is it so? Yeah. Yeah in uh, in Kuala Lumpur it's a bit different because we have uh, we have two locations in Malaysia and yeah. they are it's it's like a franchise model. You know yes. so we're okay. not operating them themselves. At the Nürburgring it's our location but um, basically, if anyone can open a race room if they want to, if they, you know, they need to bring a little bit of uh, of money, of course, and have a, you know, proper location to do that. But uh, okay. that's a concept that uh, that can be exported anywhere. Okay, so it's like a franchise model. Okay, that's interesting. Can you explain the race room events calendar at, at the Nurburgring? And for example, now I know you're still start. It's still relatively early days in in terms of setting up your own events, but. The calendar for, let's say, for example, 2018, 2019, and then who are the events designed for when you're conceptualizing these events? Where, where is your starting point? So for the future, I can say nothing, right? Um, we will see. I hope we will do another event at the Nürburgring next year, mm-hmm. but uh, it's too early to say. And when it comes to these events, who are we targeting for? That's an interesting question. Because um, in a way... Like when you have conventional esports, it it kind of works in the way that you try to get the best players that you have on your game. Yes. And then you try to make a really big show out of it, and you yeah. you kind of show it like a, like you show the football on the on television. And so you you kind of you know the, the the gameplay itself that's only for a very limited amount of players, and they try to reach more people over the streams. Mm-hmm. And our Mercedes events are set up like this. So, okay, everyone can drive on the leaderboard, of course, and we always have some nice free content there on the leaderboard. But this this event is just for the best players. And here at the Nürburgring, we try to do something a little bit more different, a little bit more broad. Mm-hmm. So uh, the team event, the four-hour race, it was with an online qualifier for the best teams. So yes. in total, there was a possibility for 72 drivers mm-hmm. to participate at the event. But with the WTCR, it was different so that anyone could just uh, come to the event and just drive and try to qualify there. Okay. So any random spectator at the Nürburgring could come and could try to uh, to uh, get into the races. And of course, if you drove online, you might have won some free tickets, so you would not have to pay for your session when you, when you try to qualify. But uh, we also hosted the races in different divisions. Mm-hmm. So there was a, it was not like a shootout format, but you were kind of always driving against people of a similar skill level. So also for someone who's inexperienced, who qualifies maybe for a Division 4 race or so, it's still fun because you still race against other people in Division 4 and you do not get uh, 
of course you fight for less money in the division four than in division one but you you still kind of have your own field you have the, the competition against anyone on the leaderboard and then you're kind of in your group yeah and that's how you how you drive the whole event so it's really i mean it's it i guess it's it's targeted for people who already play racing simulators because mm -hmm. if you've never played this then it, it doesn't really make sense but it's both aimed for the people who are super competitive but it's also aimed for the people who are maybe not the most super competitive drivers but they just want to have something special you know when you drive a race online it's nice and i do it a lot but it's something different compared to when you're at an event and when you're sitting on a big stage and everything looks nice and you're sitting right next to the driver that you're battling with and you have commentators and you have cameras and you have all this the surrounding and you have a real racetrack a few meters away and that's really something something special that's something you cannot get when you drive online and uh, so this this kind of experience is something that we also provide for the people who who uh, who come to the event and it's also really cheap i mean if you're going to the Nürburgring anyway you just need to buy one session and maybe it's already enough for you to qualify yeah. so it's really a for the competitive drivers, it's a platform to, you know, for their competition, but it's also for other people, it's just an experience. So you can't really say what the shed, what the calendar is going forward, but I'm assuming that, for example, you will have, you have the, the GP circuit at the Nürburgring, you will have the Nordschleife, so you will have the, once a year, you will have the 24-hour race, and then you will have different events. You have the VLN event, and then you have the different events using the GP circuit, uh, and for example, one of them being the DTM championship. So are you trying to make it so that you will set up simulators in the ring arena at the Nürburgring to coincide with actual races happening at the same time so there are people around? Is that the general idea? Yeah, so first of all, I mean, this will be in, we are planning to make this an annual event, right? Okay. So it's not going to happen that we have an event in the ring arena at the Nürburgring every month. Because I think at the moment there's not enough sim racers really to to make this work that are also going to travel to the to the Nürburgring to participate in these events. And also we already have the cafe in which you can really run nice smaller events. So this should be for for us. We plan this to make an annual highlight, and then then we just see you know which other series might be interested in in joining in as well. So this year we did it with the WTCR. Yes. And uh, with the Nürburgring itself, but not with the 24-hour race. So maybe in the future, there's some new opportunities. And of course, we are talking with a lot of, um, you know, series and manufacturers and so on who are interested in this sort of concept. And uh, the Mercedes competition, this year we run two live events, for example. We also we run the one at Hockenheim and we run an additional one in the museum from Mercedes-Benz in Stuttgart. So we're kind of making this transition from, you know, it's just an event that we do to, okay, this is interesting content for, for our show, you know? Yes. So Mercedes, they just book us and we are, we are part of the show. And uh, so at the moment, I cannot tell how many events will be happening, but it's something that I'm really interested in, in expanding. So there should be a, a, a few more events, hopefully in the future. And I guess it's still early in terms of esports, especially for sim racing. I mean, there is an active scene there, but I guess you could say it's still relatively in the early stages, isn't it so? Yeah, so at the moment, there's a lot of movement, I think. Um, lots of new teams forming with uh, in collaboration with uh, 
professional gaming organizations or especially racing teams. Yes. And there's F1 Esports, which you can say, okay, is this really sim racing? I don't know. Mm. I don't want to comment on this, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and what they do is at least they really push the competitive scene as well. Yes. And uh, this competitive scene, it was kind of always there in sim racing for a long time. I mean, you had leagues like FSR that have been running for, for years. Mm. You had leagues on the race department, for example. I drove in race department 10 years ago or nine years ago in the championship. And so this this, com- this competitive form, it's, it's kind of in the DNA of racing anyway, right? Yes. I mean, True. Racing is a lot, uh, I mean, it's about positions in a way. Yes, true. And uh, for, mm-hmm. for a lot of sim racers, that's just, I think it's always kind of interesting because for a lot of sim racers, that doesn't really seem to be the main motivation in my experience. So there's a very large group in sim racing who's more about the simulation aspect of the cars and the tracks and that everything feels exactly like, uh, you know, like the real car is supposed to feel. That's how it would be for somebody like me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But personally, I come from a slightly different group, I would say. So, of course, it's also nice if the car feels as closely as possible to the real car. And I think we, especially since we work with KW and closely with the manufacturers, we're on a good way there to to bring it closer and closer. But for me, the main driving force when I I drive a race is that I want to win the race. Yes. And that is this, this competitive aspect. And a lot of people have that. But it's not. Uh, it hasn't been as prominent in sim racing for a long time. No. And I think this is something that is really, uh, this is really changing. And there's this this whole scene. It's it's still in the development, but you can already see that there's also quite a bit of interest in in you know these types of uh, types of events that just put the focus on on something different. Yeah. I think it's fair to say from the esports side of motorsports, and you mentioned F1, I suppose it's fair to say that official titles like F1 from Codemasters and WRC uh, from Milestone or, or Kyloton or Dirt 4, like Dirt 4 had this world championship recently actually won by a Finn. I guess those titles are kind of console first, Should I, is that fair to say? As is GT Sport and maybe as an example at the Dirt 4 event recently, they had people who were playing on PC and playing on console, but I guess you guys are coming from a different aspect because your title is you're only on pc you're running an a la carte model and i think there is a, a large community there and esports is growing but i think it's split between the people who run who run race room and an r factor and i racing and then you have the the other side of it which is which is kind of console based if that's fair to say yeah, but what I saw so far is that even on these uh, games that are split between console and and PC, mm-hmm. usually most of the competitive drivers are on PC. Really? And this yeah. is yeah, this is something that's like this in esports in general, though that uh, it's generally more successful with PC games. Mm. And uh, a lot of our competitors are trying to make it work for everyone. And for us, in a way, it's easier because we don't have to do that because our game just simply doesn't exist for a console. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, that's yeah, that's a that's an interesting aspect, actually. Yeah, mm. it's a, it's still quite a, it's always a challenge because you have, of course, split between so many different games, and every game has their own racing series. Codemasters have FDA Formula One. And uh, Carlton have the World Rally Championship, and yes. we have the WTCR, and I guess the Nurburgring. And uh, then there's iRacing, which has a lot of the competitive and racers PC on their platform. Again, yeah, yeah, and highly competitive, of course. Yeah, 
Yeah. So for me, it was interesting to see that at our event, we had a lot of teams that came over from other platforms or that are active on multiple platforms. For example, mm-hmm. you mentioned the Finn who won the, the, won the event. Yeah. You're on I, know that, then, yeah. Mm. I know that there was an event in the project cars, for example, mm-hmm. which, uh, which, which was also with Rallycross. Somehow everyone does Rallycross. It was won by Yoni Tomala. Too, yeah. Mm. Yeah. There was one by another Finn, Yoni Tomala, mm-hmm. and he actually also drove in our event. So you sometimes have these people, okay, they, they're in for the competition and then it's not about only the game, it's, it's about racing in general. And this, it's something nice as well, I guess, that you can, you can really play different games and drive different types of racing when, uh, yeah, in real life it would not be possible. Okay. <laughs> you would be... Yeah, that is yeah. true. And each game has its own strengths and weaknesses and, and not every game has every track, not every game has every car or, or every era of racing car. So, and I, 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 I'm the same, I'm no different. I have a mix of, of, of everything. And, and somebody will say, even somebody says to me, well, I want to play this track in this era. And I can say from the top of my head, okay, well, I recommend this game. Actually, I had, I mentioned in the previous podcast, somebody, somebody pinged me last week on the channel and he asked about race room and i advised i said this is these are the steps and he went and he brought the pro pack actually he was a vr user looking for uh to start so 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 i I was happy i was able to help him and and uh, back to the the mercedes-benz museum at, at stuttgart if if i went to um if i was visiting the museum and i had to go on a simulator there would i be playing a version of race room yes of course you okay. would be playing the event version. And if you go to the museum today, for example, yeah. Yeah. you could actually qualify for the live event because there it works like this, that the, for this museum event, the qualifiers in the museum. So it's for every guest okay. of the museum. And for okay. us, it's also nice because a lot of uh, people who are interested in cars, of course, they, you know, they get a, get a try. Yeah. And what, and they, are they running the, the, um, are they running the, the DTM cars now under the AMG brand or how does it go? What is it? What exactly is there? We're running a special campaign this year with Mercedes in general, which is the history of DTM because Mercedes has the 30 years anniversary. Ah, yes. So we go through the years and on the online competition we run in uh, 1992, the 190E yep. uh, EVO 2. Then we run the 1995 uh, C-Class. That yes. one is currently on the online competition. And I mean, if you just go on Race Room, you can actually play it for free. You don't have to buy any any content. So you yes. can just try it out. Yeah. Uh, then we have the 2003 CLK, the 2005 uh, C-Class, and then the, um, we run the 2015 car mm-hmm. as well in the campaign when Pascal Wehrlein won the championship. And yes. in the museum, we had to decide on one car and we picked the 92 car. Okay. So for this event, we're running the 92 car. Okay. And I noticed a story, there was a story on race department yesterday about some new um, Mercedes content, uh, DTM content. And that's to, that's for a 30th anniversary, was it so? Yeah, exactly. This is, I mean, this is for the competition and this competition this year is in the running with the theme of the 30 year anniversary. So, so it all kind of ties in together your relationship with Mer- Mercedes at the museum at Stuttgart. And then you have the, you have the, your own events and of course your, your, your B2B, shall we say, your, your, your actually customer content that's available. So it all kind of ties in together, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, our Mercedes event and Nürburgring event, they're not really connected. No. Except for the fact that they're both race room esports events. Yes. So 
I mean, it's a different, it's different championships. And if you do well in one championship, it doesn't mean anything for the other. But the, I guess the the, uh, the aspect that combines it in the end is that it's the same team that is organizing it. Yes. And of course, we can use the experience from Mercedes events for the for the Nurburgring and vice versa. Yeah, they're connected in terms of the hardware and the software they run, but of course yeah. they may they may be running completely different. In, they may be running a representation of a completely different racing series, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So can we discuss the, the now the Nurburgring on the weekend of May 11th to coincide with the with the actual 24 hours of the Nurburgring? Now this was your one of your first major events, and this was held at the Ring Arena at the Nurburgring. Now the um, um, esports WTCR Oscaro launch event. Um, now I didn't know what Oscaro was, and it was from watching this Dirt Four Championship that I realized um, Oscaro is a is a racing team. Is it so? A simulation racing team. Well, Oscaro itself is the car parts dealer. They're they're selling car parts, and in, in, they're based in France, and they're selling in a lot of countries. They're not selling in Germany, so I wasn't yeah. so familiar with them before but they've been sponsoring real motorsports for a while including a driver in uh, WTCR called John Philippi okay and uh, they also I mean they kind of sponsor a racing team that's called SDL okay. and they are running now under their flag and they also they are the serious sponsor of WTCR so as, as the serious sponsor of WTCR they also kind of sponsored our event we touched on this already, but the Ascara event, um, who was the event intended for? Was it for teams and also for people who happened to be at the Nürburgring at that particular weekend? So it worked like this. Um, last year, we already did a championship at WTCC online. Yes. And we wanted to event, we wanted to run this event last year, but then it didn't really work out with the, with the times and dates. And then, of course, the real WTCC disappeared and got replaced. And so we moved this all into into this year. Ah, I see. And, yes, of course, uh, yeah. Mm. So th some of the players that drove online, they had already won free tickets for the leaderboard. But that didn't mean like a free entry for the race. It just means, okay, you if, if you want to drive in the qualifier for a certain amount of time, it's free. Okay. And uh, so the best drivers online also, they get like VIP tickets from the WTCR and so on. So it's it's quite nice for them. Okay. But so we have a couple of drivers who, who participated online and they kind of get the incentive to come to the event. And then also, um, then we switched, of course, to the TCR cars. We switched to the Audi TCR that we have. And so we ran a, a different online competition this year, but it was only meant for the drivers to prepare for the event. Okay. So you can drive online, you can test it out, but it's not, uh, it was not really a it's competition. Not a it was more like, yeah, it was more like a test session. Okay. And the actual qualifier for the event just happened in the ring arena on the first two event days. So okay. anyone could come. Okay. I mean, if you never played race one before, you can still drive. There's no problem. You can come, you get your ticket. And it, it's free. It, to... Well, it's, it's only free if you have a free ticket, right? Otherwise, it's not free. Is it so that I buy a ticket to attend the 24 hours of the Nürburgring and it's included with that? No. It's like this, that uh, you can enter the arena for free if you're a spectator. And uh, you, yeah, you can watch everything for free. You do not need a ticket for the 24-hour race. Okay. Because the, it's in the boulevard and there it's not, uh, it's not restricted. Yeah. But if you want to participate in the competition and if you want to qualify for one of the races, you need to buy a ticket for the qualifier. And okay. that ticket allows you to drive on the leaderboard for a certain amount of time. But it was not really, it wasn't really expensive. You can get a ticket for 10 euro. Well, uh, unless they won a free ticket in the online competition last year. 
So it's 10, 10 euro basically to enter. And the Audi version, the Audi you used, this is, this is an official uh, WTCR event. Is, is that Audi then, is, will that appear in race room for consumers at some point? It's yes. not in, yeah, okay. So it's not in the game yet. No, it's, well, I mean, it, it's technically already in the game, but it's not being sold yet. Yeah. Because we want to, you know, we want to make a nice pack. Yes. With the WTCR, and uh, I once again I cannot tell any any concrete dates, but uh, we are working on it, and we, I've seen some nice other TCR cars in the, yes. the testing version. So okay, and that's a I guess that's a front wheel drive series, is it so? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the other front wheel drive series you have, for example, like the Volvo. It's in there. So you have you have different series represented in the game. And then the, the Road to Green Hell for our endurance event, I guess that's clear to many, but who was that event intended for? Yeah, that one had an online qualifier, and that one was also completely free, by the way. So you just had to drive in the, well, I mean, you had to own the content, I guess. You had to own the, the, the Notch Life and one of the GT3 cars and race them to drive in the, yes. in the qualifier. But um, yeah, you drove online in the qualifier. Um, you found a team and we kind of helped a little bit if you were like, I don't know, from a country far away and we could connect you with some some drivers that also showed some interest. But a lot of the teams, they already exist before, of course. Then uh, you could enter a team. It always has to be three drivers per team. You can pick mm -hmm. your car and then you drive on the leaderboard and we combine the times and the best 24 teams get invited. And if I, if I travel down there, there's a, a camping space provided and parking and so on. Yeah, exactly. If you qualify for this team event, you get a free mm -hmm. camping ticket and you get a free parking. And we also had a bus shuttle for the players who flew from uh, from yeah. somewhere else in Europe. And then they, because at the Nürburgring, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it's kind of hard to get there. And it's very hard to get the hotel because we announced very late. And so we tried to do everything that, uh, you know, for the players that they have a nice experience and they, they have a troll free okay. experience and that they can actually access our event. Not that they get stuck somewhere. So that we did that, and that actually worked really well. I was uh, surprised myself how there was like no problems at all. So my assumption was that so that the the WTCR Scar event that came first, if you will, and then you kind of you added the road yeah. road to Green Hell event just because the weekend was occurring and you wanted to use the setup while you had the equipment installed for the weekend. So it yeah, and it's not only yeah, it's not only the the setup you know in the arena of course it's also for us it's added exposure because we do a show when you would do a leaderboard no one watches that because it's not interesting but if you do a race you know some you know some people come in mm -hmm. and they watch it and we stream it online on the on the Nürburgring channels and you know people just watch that and it's always nice because we reach more people from you know who are following real motorsports with our events and of course if you give give us this opportunity we're going to take it and we try to make a uh, as many events as possible and in terms of and, and relation to the interview i had earlier with, with peter from denmark in relation to the road to green hell for our endurance event which was for players of race room who had to qualify and then visit what is the build of race room that you're using for the events and why is it that for qualified contestants there was no, now I can understand why in terms of organization of the event, but there was no access to the game menus or controls or car setups for people who already own the race room software and, and are familiar with, with setting things up. So why was that so? Well, that was because we used the event software for the event. And this has to do with a lot of reasons. The main reason is that we use the same simulators for the WTCR event too, and we want to keep it yes. open for people who do not have a race room account. So if I, 
if I run the Steam version, first of all, I need a lot of uh, internet for everything to work. And then everyone, you know, everyone can come there and set their own settings. But if you don't have a Steam account, then it's going to be a big yes. problem. And um, so we just use the event uh, software, which is a version where we can like, we can predetermine the, the entry list for the which we can assign a, a car to a certain simulator and stuff like that. So it's a lot more convenient to to use this uh, sort of setup in an event. And for an event with WTCR, where they are like groups switching on the simulators where division one is racing, and then 10 minutes later, the drivers of division two go on the same simulator. This is the only way that such an event can be run. So that this, this would be impossible if people have 10 minutes to switch to their Steam account and change all their settings on a wheel that they're not familiar with. So we decided that overall we will use the event version for this event and the event version no. does not okay, offer a setup yeah. menu or something like this. And it does, you do not have a keyboard at the, um, at the uh, simulator. So, but in a way, I, and I can understand that if some people do not like that because I do not drive on the standard setup and I change my wheel a little bit when I drive at home. So I can understand that. But what we also wanted to create is a level playing field. And so we decided, okay, I make it clear from the beginning. I put in the rule book. This is the, the wheel we use. This is the, uh, we use the standard setup. This is the race format. And I mean, it's like when you, <laughs> in a real car, you also don't have a keyword to change your, uh, to change your view angle or so. So we just, uh, pre, we just predefined the, the conditions and then it was the same for everyone. Yeah. But if I, if I was, let's say I, I'm, let's say a few months before, if I'm playing at home and I'm competing, uh, if I'm adding my name to the leaderboard as, as a Steam user and a race room user, and I'm planning to, to qualify and visit the road to Green Hell, did, did those guys know that, for example, there was no access to the rear view mirror, there was no access to, for example, move, adjust your seating position in, in all directions like you have at home? Uh, well, I mean, you could adjust it in a in a limited fashion, right? Yes. Why and is that of course, so? you had the mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> it's because we predefined the the controls of the of the wheel. Okay. And I, to be honest, I sit in a real race car. I cannot change the seat. No, but you can so change. You can you can change the. I cannot put up a rear view mirror that is virtual, so I don't I don't understand the problem. To be honest. But the virtual mirror is 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 available in the game. Yeah, it is. But we kind of, we, for me, it's like a thing we say, okay, we, we define, and this is something where I can understand the criticism. Maybe like that, the, maybe this was not the right things that you could actually change on the wheel, but we, we tried this out. And for example, you have this, uh, the seating position, you can move your seat backward and forward. Yes. And you also have a joystick on the, on the wheel with which you can look left, uh, right and back. So you actually have access to all these, uh, to uh, to all the possibilities, you know that you, wherever you want to see, you can yeah you can see that. So, um, of course, it's always going to be restricted because it has to be predefined what you can change on the wheel. Mm. Otherwise, you cannot run such an such an event because what you should not forget is that we provide all of the simulators, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we I understand. Yeah, all the eight simulators, yeah. mm -hmm. and in some way, you have to standardize. To run these types of events, Understood. and I can I can understand the the you know some things like with the virtual rearview mirror. I use it myself when I play, 
because it's it, it's just uh, maybe for the safety reason it's it's better to have that so this mm. is a criticism i can understand and i think it's something that we can definitely definitely fix but in general if you participate in such an event it's just something you have to accept yes. as the player if you participate in a race from event yes we run it that everyone has the same standard and we always run it that you have limited options yes that's just how it's been and i mean i mean this is this is not a criticism this is just feedback from from me uh, as a as a player i like i said i've been playing playing racing for a long time i'm a big fan of your guys content and I I'm, I'm I follow what Gail yeah, does. Like, you can, can criticize, no problem. No, 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 no well, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, you're giving me your time, and I don't. I I just. I'm what I'm trying to do is okay. I can understand if I'm visiting the Ring Arena at the Norwich Ring now. Obviously, I'm not going to sign in with my Steam account. Okay, that's not yes. on. Uh, um, the field of view setting. There's a field of view setting in. Um, in race room, which let's say that's your base point. So let's say I set a field of view of 0 0.7 or 0 0.8, and then I have to go to the video options and then I click race, and then I'm inside, I'm in the cockpit view. And then using the D-pad, I can adjust my seat forward, back or up and down, okay? And then I can decide whether I'm going to use the representation of the actual rear view mirror in the car, or I can pull back far enough that I can see the simulated uh, wing mirrors on the car. And if I want to, I can also turn on the virtual mirror. And that's, I mean, if I was qualifying at home for the event, that's how I would set it up. So it seems a little bit odd that you would go there and maybe, now maybe, as you said, as I asked, maybe it's already in the conditions, maybe somebody should have known. Of course, you can limit what the person can do, but at least you can set set the field of view, the, the forward position of your seat, the vertical position of your seat, and then use the virtual mirror if you wish to, because you have qualified for the event and you've gone there to compete, and you're just, you're just at least you should be able to use a variant of what you're using at home, at least in terms of what you can see on the screen. Am I making sense? I can understand where you are, uh, where you are coming from, mm. but I have to tell you quite honestly that this, there will be this kind of restrictions. You know, mm. there will be these kinds of restrictions that are just, uh, that are just necessary mm. when you use the same simulators for multiple people. Yes, and that are also necessary if you have the simulators. The thing is, right, if I open up everything, if I run with the, for example, we could say, okay, we run the team event with the, with our online version. Yes. And that's something we thought about as well, mm -hmm. that we just put the online version on, but that just raises a whole different set of other problems. Yes. And that, that raises the problems that people are, first of all, have full access to our PCs and they change everything or that we have to go through everyone, every single driver with 72 drivers and check when we run at the same when we run at the same event yeah. uh, the the yeah. time attack yes the the, the the practice sessions for everyone mm -hmm. that's not feasible no and then also one of the nice thing of the event software is also that it really prevents cheating yes because there's just no yeah. there are no mm -hmm. options for you to cheat because you run no. on a different different no. build that you have no, no access to yeah and uh, you also run on the on the same same equipment so for the future i would say what's definitely going to happen is that it will be we will consider opening up it up a little bit in some aspects like i, I said with the review mirror this is something that i can mm. that, that i can definitely understand but when it comes to stuff like the settings of the field of view 
that will always be fixed. Yes. So, and it's to, something to a, where to I... To an average, yeah. which I could understand. Yes, that's okay. Yeah, and mm -hmm. this, is, this is something where I also say that for me, when you, you can bring the criticism and you can say, okay, it's, it's annoying that I can change it at home and I can't change it there. Mm -hmm. And to that point, I agree with you because it's annoying. Yes. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's the way it is. Maybe we have to communicate it better that you can't change it. Possibly so. Uh, but Possibly but the, so, yeah. The, uh, the argument that I, do, you know, that I don't count Mm -hmm. is the argument that because you cannot change that, it's not sim racing. And for me, this argument is nonsense because if you drive in a real car, you do not change the field of view, you know? It's something that is just like a gaming. It's like uh, changing the field of view. It's kind of a driving aid, you know? Yeah, but that's not really to a your own, to, yeah. to your, to your own... Your... Uh, mm. yeah. I take your point, but that's not a valid argument either. I mean, we are in a simulator at the end of the day. Now, is it fair to say that, um, is it fair to say technically, I mean, conceptually, that there should be one, there should be, um, in a way, there could, in a way, be one event, one build for, or one setup option for the WTCR Ascaro event and another build or setup option for the road to green hell event. Now I understand that you have a series of simulators and it's time and money to set these things up, but conceptually, could it be so that, I mean, realistically, that's how it should be. You have one, 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 le one level of access for one event for people who walk off the street and another level of access or options for people who have, who already own the consumer level of consumer version of race room and are actually there to compete because they've already qualified. Is that a fair question? Well, I mean, technically, it would be possible if we run a, a event, which is only for people who have qualified before, that we just run this on Steam. Yeah. But uh, realistically, if we talk about this event, and if we talk about um, the, the events with large amounts of drivers, this is something that we will not change. Mm. No. Because I, I, I mean, I can understand the criticism, and I can, before I joined mm. Racium, I was also a player, and it always annoyed me that I cannot change my setup at the event, because mm -hmm. I... I can go a lot faster with my with the change setup, yes. but when you when you work in these uh, in these types of events, especially in such an event which is which is both, you know, which is not just for the players, but which is also entertainment, mm. where you run on a very limited schedule, and when you run just uh, when you have to squeeze in a lot of different uh, um, different formats and different. Uh, practice sessions and so on. And for example, we had the real WTCR drivers driving on the same simulators like yes. three hours before. Yes. And for, you know, when you have stuff like this, it will always be restricted. Yes. Okay. But it's fair to say that you could, I mean, you could technically set a reasonably wide field of view. So, you know, and then of course it, I mean, everybody probably has their own field of view, even they made yeah, so we just we just put it to the standard right what did you it set to it to what was it exactly it's the default setting which is zero point which is one x i don't so? i don't know what the default setting is it's one x but... i believe mm. it's one so it's because it goes yeah. from zero sorry i'm sorry it goes from 0 0.5 to 1.3 and i think the default is one i have it like seven or eight or something like that yes so the the thing is that it was very clearly possible to drive on the setup. And there were yeah. certain things like, okay, maybe the force feedback, maybe it's not ideal. There's no. some room for improvement. Yes. Maybe there's some room for improvement with the uh, with the way the buttons are mapped, yes. right? Yeah. But 
we had we had a very limited amount of criticism coming from uh, coming about our uh, you know the way it was Fair set enough. up so for the, for the majority of the yeah. players and peter yes. even said this he cannot he cannot explain why the other teams didn't complain well the fact is they did not complain so for me i'm mm. i just have a very yeah yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's a small issue that is right that people that we talk about and it's yeah. right that certain steps will be will be taken to to adjust it but at yeah. the same time it is uh, for a player if you want to participate in an event for free which gives you all these other extra benefits this is the price you have to pay fair enough okay yeah and I think from from Peter's point of view Peter is obviously a fan of the game he runs the game now Peter maybe is the exception he has he's running his own event and he's obviously he's he's a motorsports fan he went there f- for the weekend and obviously he, he owns he he owns the 911 GTR at ho- GT3 at home and he knows he owns another ring and he went there and obviously on the on the topic with Peter I know of course that they're running the the LAN event mm-hmm. in Denmark and I respect it because it's a yes. First yeah. of all, it's a great thing that they, for several years now, they're trying to push sim racing in a different they area are. as well. They, and, and they're very passionate about it, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we just always have to remember that this is a different event. So this is something that you cannot compare one-to-one. No, no, you can't. If I, go to, yeah. if I go to Peter's event, first of all, I have to pay a lot more money. And then mm-hmm. second of all, you're running an event which is, at least in the past years, pretty much entirely player oriented where you bring your own simulator mm-hmm. and where you do your own setup Fair enough. on yeah. your own computer where you yeah. can change everything where you have access to everything and where yeah. you really prepare with your team and it's just yeah. a different format and yes. i said in the beginning of the interview one of the main reasons why kw founded race room is to make the world of motorsports accessible yes. for a lot of people Yes, and okay. this type of accessibility, especially at these events, for me, is something that has a, that has a higher value than offering every option that there is maybe that, that we could potentially offer with our game. And we, it's also something where I think, and also Peter said, okay, I don't think you understood my criticism. And I guess I, maybe I didn't, you know, yeah. because I think it's a much higher value to, to keep the accessibility and maybe you know maybe that's a kind of an arcade aspect okay fair enough yeah yeah but uh, for me it's more important to have this event where you can you can do a nice race with other drivers yeah. and you can come there and you can you can just participate you can sit in the car mm. and then you of course you practice a little bit you need practice because it's a different wheel mm. and then you can drive the race yes. but you do not you do not have to go into such great detail yeah when it comes to the to yeah. the you know setup part of the event and invariably when when you attend you you are going as a guest and i can understand but i guess i guess i mean if i think about race room race room has been constantly developed as a whole i mean you had the earlier like complete physics refresh and you had the addition of the the improvement in the lcd screens and you you guys are you guys i mean race room in itself it's not like a traditional it's not like okay well I buy F1 2017 and I buy F1 2018. I mean, the latest topic now from, from EA and Activision Blizzard is like games as a, as a service. You guys have been ru- running ga- a game as a service for years yeah. in the same way that you're developing Race Room on a continuous basis. And this is one of your first major events. And the, the Road to Green Hell event was added 
to the WTCR event just to get the benefit of the of the setup that you had. So maybe there's room for improvement. There's a trade-off somewhere in between. And for somebody like Peter, I guess, who is the exception in a way, he's very passionate and he's running his own events. And maybe he had a certain level of expectations. Although he said himself it was just four hours and he was going to the event anyway. And he was very glad to have the parking space and the camping space and so on. So so what I, what I would just say is, of course, I mean, we have we have a limited we have a limited time frame for this event in general. Yes. So yes. we knew we knew in March that we would mm. run the event. Yeah. So we had two months yes. to prepare everything. I understand. So yeah. yeah. So that's of course is limited, and of course yeah. we're interested in constantly evolving the events to make it bigger, to make it uh, so that more people view it. That is a better that's experience the for idea. the players. That yeah. is a better experience for the spectators. Yes. As well in the. Um, in the location, but at the same time, we are always going to have this accessibility in the race room events because it's part of the DNA of race room. Mm. And it's just something I want to be open with it. You know, I accept the criticism, but I also want to be clear that there are certain things that we run in a certain way and that we are very convinced that our way is, is the right way to run these types of events. Fair enough. And if, if Peter is expecting a, a event like his event, then it's it, he has to go to his own event, you know, because it's going to be a different thing. Yeah. Perhaps he wasn't expecting his own, but maybe, maybe as a race room player himself, maybe there's something, uh, something in between. It's, it's, that's fair enough to say, I think, you know, something. So in terms of the options now, two more points and then I, then I will, I should let you go. Uh, now, um, one thing noted, Peter noted a minor thing. He said that the pit, Pitting was AI controlled that he couldn't. Um, P- Peter noted one thing. He said that they, when they pitted in the in the in the endurance event, they weren't allowed to choose the amount of fuel. Why was that? Yeah, this is once again. This is the same, the same argument as the first one. Yeah, uh, you just have a a system which is very accessible. You know, yes, yeah, a system I, where yeah. it's like you you just know. Okay, this this is exactly what's going to happen when you drive into the pits. Mm-hmm. And I told this in the briefing as well, and as well as in the rule book, it refuels the car to 100% if the uh, if there's more time left, and if there's a little amount of time left, it just refuels the um, it just refuels the the car to amount that you can safely finish the race. And of course, this limits strategy in a way, but it also opens up strategy, so it it kind of doesn't change anything. I mean, you just have to deal with different with a different starting point. You just have to make your strategy according the knowledge that the car will be refueled. So maybe like a most of strategy gets less attractive. And once again, this is something where you can argue, is it really sim racing? You know, is it really sim racing if you're, if you cannot change the amount of fuel, but if you're a real racing driver, you're not changing the amount of fuel either. You know, someone else is doing it. (laughs) Someone from your, like your engineer or so. And we kind of have this aspect as a, you know, as automated for the for the event. And um, there are some things that I wasn't happy about. For example, the AI control in the pit lane. I think it would be nicer if you if you drive into your pit box because then, mm-hmm. okay, you also you have to slow down and you have to find the right right space. I think this is something that is uh, that a driver should do. But yes. uh, in terms of the strategy, when you are a driver, uh, that's not. I mean. For me, for me, it's once again, it's, it's such a thing where, where you just say, okay, this is the standard that you have to work with and you have to adjust your strategy accordingly because otherwise I also run out of, uh, out of buttons on yeah. the, on the fun attack wheel. <laughs> and in terms of, 
damage. I'm assuming you guys had damage disabled for the uh, Road to Green Hell event, was it so? I guess you wanted yes. everybody to finish. Well, this this is a point that I'm, I'm sure this will change for the future, because this is also something that we um, we run differently in the Mercedes competition now. And this is just something where we say, okay, this is our first event that we run on this stage. And we had a very limited amount of time. And that limited amount of time is not only to to create the arena and uh, you know the online competitions and invite all the players and so on, but also to create these builds that yes. are being used in the event. Understood. I understand. And yeah. Yeah. there's just mm. a, sometimes you just have to make a decision, which is maybe not the you know not the proper way but it's just a safe way just to limit the amount of bullshit that's going to happen during an event and yeah, so we yeah. went with because the safe it will way happen. yeah it will happen yeah, but yeah. curiously there was not really any weird accidents happening in the race so i feel now more confident to to uh, to move a little bit more on the side of realism there of course yeah. the, the the damage model on race room itself is a bit limited and yeah. everyone who played race room knows that it's yes, not uh, that's true that's yeah. true but uh, yeah, it's, it's something that for, for sure in the future will change. And uh, then you have to be a bit more careful because we saw some drivers, not in the, in the team event, that was pretty fair, but in the WTCR, we saw some drivers taking a little bit advantage from it. And of course, this is something that, you know, that should not really happen. So I think their change can be expected. Did you have any corner cutting penalties assigned in either events, by the way? Yes. Or yeah. You did. Okay, you did. That was active. Okay. That's once again, it's such a thing where people argue about it, like the slowdown penalties. doesn't really make sense, but we, we tried for a long time online as well not to use them in the official competitions. And when you run a, on a grid with competitive drivers, then it gets abused from yeah. the from the first moment onwards. So we turned them on and uh, especially I, I on would. the Hungaroring, some drivers were caught out by it, but everyone knew, of course, that that yeah. would be... On, and I think on the Notch Life, it's just not an issue. And then one final point. Now, one thing that Peter mentioned, and I have to ask, he said that there was a suggestion of, he was attending there with, with two or three of his buddies, and he said that there was an option to have a table there and, and Wi-Fi and, and a place for their laptops and stuff where they could sit, you know, they could sit while the other guy was driving. And then he said it just didn't happen. So so can you talk about that? Or, or is that I'm a fair not, question? I'm not sure where he, where he read that, because there was never... That was not part of the. That's not part of the deal. I mean, in the end, we provide. I think we provide a competition where you can you can qualify for free, and yeah. you can drive a four-hour race in a really cool location. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you have to go to the Nurburgring. And if yeah. you don't, if you live far away, or if you just don't want to go to the Nurburgring, then it's not attractive for you. But yeah. if you are a guy who loves the racing, and th this can really add to your weekend. I'm. Yes. In, yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. convinced this is something that. Uh, I say, okay, we offer it for free, but in, in my heart, I feel we should charge for it because it's something cool. And it's yeah. something that where a lot of drivers, they come out of the event and they say, you know, that was awesome. Okay, there's mm. some stuff we need to improve. We will improve it. But uh, yeah. in general, this is something, yeah. this is a, a, a way you can experience the racing that is that you cannot really experience it anywhere else in the, in the yes. same fashion, okay. in the same surrounding, in the same, on the same weekend, in the same, just in the same style. And it was really big. If you stood in the arena and you looked there, it's like, it was impressive, I thought. And uh, no doubt, of course, yeah. if, you, if you offer such a, such a format, and there's always some, 
some limitations but i would like and you know if peter wants to come next year then uh, if he qualifies then of course he can come again and he can have a nice nice sit in the race room cafe where we have a table for him he just i think it was a, if i remember correctly he said that during the briefing there was a reference to like for the teams who were attending the four-hour endurance event they would have a table where they could place their laptops and they would have access to to a, a power source and wi-fi and then it somehow didn't happen well the, the only thing was that you could uh put the TeamSpeak connection to the drivers in the simulator. So the drivers in the simulator say had the TeamSpeak and uh, you could connect with them so you can communicate during the race yeah. with your teammates. But we explicitly said that this was supposed to happen over a phone and that you should make sure to download the app before you go to the event because you would not have Wi-Fi. So uh, yeah. once again, this is also something that I think that does not make a lot of sense, especially mm -hmm. if we run at the 24-hour weekend where network is very limited. And there's a, there's a lot of events going on. I mean, there's yeah. a drift show and there's like 100 stands and so on. And we need a lot of bandwidth for streaming and also to run our own, our own operations. And as long as we have to do this from one network, I would not allow players in, in the same network. I think it's just an unreasonable risk. So basically, you have, to, you have to work with what you have and what you have available. And there has to be trade-offs at some point. Yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of the overall story about it. So I personally, I'm like if I, I was a player before and the story when I joined Race Room was that I was at one of the first Race Room events ever and I didn't like it and I complained and then they hired me. So I can kind of sympathize okay. with, the, with a lot of these, uh, you know, with the, with the way a lot of this uh, criticism comes from. But for me, when I think I'll go as a player in this event, okay, uh, fair enough. I think, yeah. I yeah. think, I think if I would have seen this event, uh, I would have been blown away as a player. You would have been impressed. Fair enough. And okay. So mm -hmm. the, the thing is, and that's the nice end of this. So we have people who don't like it. We have people who like it. We have me, of course, who kind of has a, you know, has a business interest to like it as well. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing is that we will, I say 90% sure we will do it again. Yes. And everyone who watches your podcast and who's kind of curious now and says, okay, is this Robert guy, is he just talking shit? Or I don't think he, so. You know, does he have a fair point? Or is it, uh, or is it really, I mean, I just, I just would like to say, okay, guys, mm. come on, just go to the next event. If maybe you're curious now, maybe you haven't experienced something like this. So why don't you come to the next event and check it out yourself? Because that's what we try to do. We want to try to make it open that anyone can come to the event and anyone can have a great time. And so anyone who's, who's still curious now or even more curious now, I would just like to invite them to come over. I think they, I think they will be. And I, I wanted, my whole idea was I received the email, like I told in the podcast, I received the email, I watched the videos, I saw his comments, I contacted him, I wanted to understand because I know the title and I'm interested in, in, in esports and where it's going. And then I wanted to ask his point of view and then I, so I wanted to get your point of view and it's, it's trying to understand the overall picture. And I guess, like you said, you, you, you got hired because you joined and you complained. And like at the end of the day, Race Room itself on the consumer level, it's a game as a service. It's changing all the time, you know. So, yeah, so this, this, is, this is how it goes. To, to finalize, if I, if, I may, if I may, in terms of the web and up, up and coming events, events at the Nürburgring, the online events, and I mean, Race Room itself is available on Steam. So where should people go if they're interested in, in attending a race event where Race Room simulators will be there? Of course, now there's the Race Room Cafe at the Nürburgring. That's a constant installation. But in terms of attending events online, attending events uh, in person and so on, where should they go to find out more information? 
Yeah, so if you if you really want to uh, experience Brainstorm on site, well, the top address mm -hmm. is the is the Nurburgring Cafe, of course. But on uh, Racefilm.com, we have a list of permanent locations okay. where you can drive Racefilm, and it's in a few countries. So maybe your your country is in there, and you can experience Racefilm in a different form. When it comes to the big events, the Mercedes competition, of course, it's already running. If you are living in Germany, you can go to the museum and just try to qualify for that event. For the online competition, I can tell you it's going to be really tough. This is really a competition where you you know, you know can try out the cars for free and it's nice and, and, and easy to, to try it out, but you really have to okay. grind race room to get into the final. And um, then, of course, I would say it's uh, the, the big... The next big event is probably going to happen next year at the Nürburgring. Hopefully, we can get something else sorted before. And if you have ideas mm -hmm. for events, that's uh, always appreciated. You can always send me a, a mail because we want to push this topic. But uh, yeah, in general, the Nürburgring, and that's, that's because yes. of the close relation with racing and, and the Nürburgring. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a Sim Racing Expo as well, which we shouldn't mm -hmm. forget maybe, which is also a good event that anyone should really check out who's into sim racing and into yeah. the you know the whole sim racing lifestyle as well so i mean you can play online but this it's kind of a, for me it's kind of a culture that is developing around sim racing and that the sim racing mm. expo is another uh, big event which you should probably not miss that's also at the nurburgring isn't it so yeah so the nurburgring is kind of the kind of the hub for when is that when is that happening this year oh, it's in september i'm not sure what the date is. it must be like 18th or so september yeah in terms of the information, is it so that people should go to the race room game website or to the race room site where, for example, you sell the, the hardware and apparel and so where should people go? I mean, you should just go to raceroom.com and then you can access everything. You can go from there. From there, you can go to yeah. the to the store. You can go to the game. Yes. And you can also find the, find the location. So that's kind of a central place for all of the info so I'll, I'll include the relevant links below and also your relevant social media and is there anything coming up in the future that you'd like now you mentioned already the uh, ongoing um mercedes competition but is there anything coming up in the future that you'd like to promote that's happening anything that's exciting related to esports for example or just race room in general well there will be some some new announcement coming soon regarding esports uh regarding yes. race room of course we talked about the tcr cars which are not so far in the future. And yes. of course, the, the historic Mercedes DTM cars, yeah. which will go into the store very soon. And uh, what I would like to say for anyone who's curious about Race Room Esports and who just listens to this podcast on a completely different note and uh, has no idea what it mm -hmm. is, maybe you can tune in on uh, this Sunday on, uh, on the Mercedes Facebook page. Just a big one, the Mercedes-Benz Facebook page or oh, the Mercedes-Benz yes, yeah. YouTube channel Sunday at uh, 16 uh, Central European Summertime, so 14 GMT. You can just tune in, you can just watch the race and maybe you're, you're just interested in the whole topic then. We always share the links on Race Room Facebook. So once again, if you just want to have all info, just follow Race Room on the social media, go to Race Room website, and then you will always be, you'll always land in the right place at the right time. And the, the Mercedes event, is this a regular thing? Is this occurring physical and online or how does it go? Yeah, that's, a, that's just a championship that goes uh, for nine online races. So we have nine leaderboard sessions where everyone can drive. And then the best players qualify for the live stream multiplayer race. And that yes. also happens nine times per year. So we, we have nine live streams of online races and then we have the big final in Hockenheim. And of course, we have the museum event this time as well. So we have two kind of two finals this year. And are those streamed in both English and German? I don't recall. Yeah, they they're just streamed in English. In English, okay. 
I think this whole sim racing events topic that's uh, that's something that will happen more in the future because yes. we are slowly getting more people in the sim racing, mm. and that means there's enough uh, demand also to to do this kind of thing. One last point: Do you see? Do you feel that the motoring industry, the motorsport industry, do they need sim racing now? Because the younger people, or that's my impression, the younger generation don't seem to be as interested in cars, at least a certain certain segment. So is it so that motorsport and the car manufacturers, in a way, race esports is now something they need to kind of, which kind of feeds back into what they're doing. Am I right, or do you see? Yeah, that for yourself? sure. Mm. I see that the same way because. Um, you can see the viewing figures in real motorsports is going back. The live attendance is going back. They're serious, struggling to find entries and struggling to find sponsors. Mm. And the only thing that is really growing in the world of motorsports, I guess Formula E is kind of growing as well. But yeah. then the, the sim racing is growing. It's not growing at a at a crazy pace, but there's there's more people getting interested in it, and that's interesting because it's a you know, it's the, the opposite direction that the, uh, the rest of motorsports is taking. And you yes. can see it already now yes. with these types of championships, with these, you know, with Nikki team, Jan Seifert and, and so on, playing yes. streaming sim racing that is true. Uh, with these, uh, these events and, and so on, that this is changing, that this would not have been possible a couple of years ago in the same capacity. And I think there will be there will be more the, the closer collaboration happening. And I think also for you know in the long term there will be probably some some better terms and conditions for the people who make sim racing games. I hope so at least because right now it's still very expensive to get the licenses and it is yeah you know that's so true. I I think I think they finally they they start to to change their mind about it. They they see okay this is something we can use. To our benefit that that will help us in the long term and so i think in the future that's uh that's you know that's a good development and it comes back to the point of maybe them making their brands more accessible because it benefits them to have a representation of their brands and motorsport series in the virtual environment and i guess i guess it's fair to say it's realistically the, the advent of the internet and better graphics and so on that's kind of really what's pushing it isn't it so yeah, that's especially with the hardware side. This is something I'm not so involved in. You can see a lot of development always, and also a lot of bigger companies are going into the more hardcore stuff, like Fanatec releasing, uh, announcing a new wheel. Let's see what that's gonna be, right? Yeah, and um, I have a strong suspicion what it could be. Um, so, like they, you know, there's companies like Spark who getting into, you know, making game seats yes. or sim racing. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I'm pretty sure that Logitech, they will not uh, sit on their G29s forever. I think they will go into a direction where they bring something more, um, more advanced. And not all of them, of course you have like different, you have new games coming up, a set of cars, a competition and so on. Not all of this stuff is really good for us as race room necessarily, no. but for the consumer, it is, it is good because you have more options and you just have a, you, when there's a strong market, you just have a, a everyone has an incentive to improve. It benefits everybody. Yeah. 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 So I think that at the moment for, for players, uh, it's, it's, it's the glory days, you know? Yeah. It's maybe not the true. glory days that you don't have one sim that can do anything, everything. No, but that's you never have so going to be many. anyway. Yeah. yeah, because everyone also has different priorities. But you have so many options to do whatever you want in terms of sim racing. You have so many cars, tracks, mods in some games. 
you can get all kinds of hardware from budget stuff to to like really hardcore motion simulators with direct drive wheels and like cxc are doing doing yeah you mm. can yeah i mean if you have the money for it yeah. then i guess you can you can do it and but it's it's great because it's something for everyone and that's true you just have this this broad variety yeah. and I, I still hope that sim racing gets a little bit cheaper because yes. then uh, it's still expensive compared to other sorts of gaming it is it but is. in general at the moment when you're already in sim racing and when you're already committed to spend okay a certain amount of money for your hobby then i think at the moment it's a great time because you can really you can yeah. really experience a lot there's lots happening and actually funny the topic of logitech logitech had once announced at one point announced they were go they weren't going to make wheels anymore wasn't it so yeah but then um, that changed and that i think that the shows there's you yes. know there's a there's the quite a few there. races by now yeah, yeah. Um, do you still play any racing games currently? And if so, what do you play? Well, I play mostly Race Room, of yes. course. But I, actually, I actually mm. played Race Room before I joined, yeah. uh, before I started working at Race Room, and it is my favorite sim. But mm -hmm. I have to say, I also really like Automobilista. Okay. And uh, I, I kind of like Africa too. Also, it, it also annoys me, but mm -hmm. I Same also here. like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and, like, uh, yeah. I agree, I, I agree, drive, yeah. I don't drive as much as I used to. No, I still time, drive yeah. one one league race every month in a German yeah. community called Virtual Racing yes. with the GT3s and yeah. And in terms of in terms of both the virtual and the real world, what you what is your, do you have a favorite series that you follow? That I watch in real life. That you follow, let's say yeah, let's say like let's say maybe GT3 or or, or Group C or Formula One. No, what, what? I always like the touring cars, you know. Touring cars, yeah, okay. I always mm -hmm. liked it, and I grew up in the '90s, and back then it was the the uh, super touring regulations. And before I get, I got like the end of the DTM ITC years, and so I was always touring car fan. And then, especially for me, that I can do uh, events with the WTCR and with the Mercedes DTM team, of course, that's that's perfect. Perfect for you, yeah. So you're basically the content that you're involved in is what you're what you're actually passionate about yourself, which not many people yeah. can say. Yeah. Living so, the dream. Yeah, it's nice. Want... It's also sometimes a problem because you get emotionally invested in it. Yes. And that's not always good. That's true. But, yeah. uh, in general, yeah. overall, I would say it's good. Yeah. But maybe, maybe um, this, I, I think you've been, I think you've been very honest and very frank. And I appreciate no that, Robert, that you've been able to share your story. And I think that you've presented your case very well. And it's, and it's nice to hear that, you know, somebody who's passionate about something you're very lucky i would say you're passionate about sim racing and certain certain sim racing genres and a certain racing genres i'd say and you get to work directly with that so that's quite that's kind of nice yeah yeah that's nice and uh, yeah i mean the, the about being passionate it always it's always has good things and bad things so yeah that's true yeah and but i think that's uh, that's how the discussion i mean this is i mean Peter wasn't really here this time, so it was kind of a discussion between us about the stuff that he said. But I think it's for me, it's that's fine. That's just a mm -hmm. that's the way you have to you have to move forward. You know, just yep. all also just say say your opinion and say your criticism, and then also live live with the criticism that you get. Yep. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and I think if anything, I wouldn't even say if somebody passes an obs observation, you say okay, fair enough. Well, let's improve on that, and maybe. Maybe if somebody does pass an observation, maybe, okay, well, it's something that I never thought of myself and I can improve on yeah, that. So, you, you, know. can know, you can never know no. everything. 
there's always stuff that other people they they have to experience they have done yeah. it for from a different point of view and yeah there are as many opinions and sim racing setups as there are snowflakes <laughs> <It's kind> of... <laughs> robert thank you very much for joining it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for your for your time and for the opportunity to uh and thank you for me first and foremost it was most important to get both points across and as a player of, of race room and somebody who follows race room on an active basis, it's good to know more. I get more about, about the overall picture. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hopefully it will go on for a long time. And I see you and some of your uh, listeners at the next event. Mm -hmm.